Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and I want to take a moment to wish y'all a very happy November. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that we are already in a brand new month. Um, and so with today's To Be Here Tuesday being the first episode of the new month, um, I'm just going to let y'all know, and I know I say this all the time, but I am so serious. The month of November is going to be so much fun here on the podcast. We have so many special episodes planned, um, especially after such a fantastic month last month in November, uh, where we really set a good foundation for all you dreamers out there, the visionaries, those of you who have such a deep call on their hearts that they know is from God. They know it's something that they must go after. Um, All of y'all, I mean, it was so much fun last month just laying that foundational work of this is what we need to do like before we can get into the nitty-gritty boots on the ground we're ready to go ready to ready to launch but uh, we feel we have uh, ready to present to the world before that we have to understand uh, foundational truths like Ephesians 3 where it discusses you know how deeply we're loved and um, just being convinced of that Paul prayed this beautiful prayer over the Ephesian church and I believe that prayer is applicable to us today like um, I'm looking at Ephesians 3 verses 14 through 20 understanding that We need power to understand the depth, the width, the height, the length of God's love for us. How could we do anything if we don't even believe we're loved? Like I am a victim of trying to do something for God without being fully convinced of how much he loves me. That is the quickest way to burn out. And I don't want that for any of us. So we talked about that right off the bat last month. Um, And of course, following up with a very important conversation about faith. Second Timothy, um, this is chapter one, you know, just taking a look at verses five and six, where Paul urges Timothy to fan into flame the gift that God gave him, um, not for any other reason besides that Timothy had genuine faith. And so, you know, for us, all you dreamers out there, we're trying to build and cultivate this dream, understanding that God gave us a gift to fan into flame and to cultivate that gift. We can't really do that if our faith isn't genuine. Like, I just think that's impossible. That doesn't make sense, right? Like, how can we fully commit ourselves to something if we don't really believe in it? And so, um, you know, I'm talking to every dreamer listening, but especially the faith-filled ones, like those of you who believe in God, how are you going to lead something if you don't even believe in him? You know, I'm talking about genuine faith. That is something that I don't want any of us to miss. Not only are we deeply loved, but genuine faith is what we need to have if we're going to fan into flame the gift that God gave us. And uh, Paul did a great job reminding us of that um, in his letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, Then, of course, we followed up with understanding the importance of humility. Y'all, we're human. We have thorns in our flesh. I'll speak for myself. I know I got issues. I know I do. I got struggles. I got weaknesses. And um, a lot of times, you know, the temptation is to kind of like, 
like disqualify yourself like, oh, well, I have this issue. I can't do what God's calling me to do. No, you can do what God's calling you to do. But that's why it's so important to have a mentor, have, um, you know, a, a leader, a trusted friend in your life or number one, you can be held accountable. But number two, you can also walk in humility with like, I'm not trying to be this flashy person. I don't want y'all to give me credit for um, beyond my message is what Paul says in Second Corinthians. He's like, I have a thorn in my flesh, like, and I'm going to be humble about it. I'm not going to keep, you know, a bunch of secret sins or I'm not going to live two different lives. Like, no, I'm telling you this because I really do believe in what God's put on my heart and I'm not going to let my weakness or my thorns stop me from that. And so Paul just demonstrated, I would argue, the one of the best pictures of humility in 2 Corinthians 12, which we talked about last week. We finally got off Paul. Paul is going to be the main character for season five, but last week we opened up to um, Exodus and we learned about uh, the man named Moses. Most of y'all know him. He's the one who, you know, with uh, the staff in his hand and God doing the supernatural he witnessed the Red Sea split and that was just, and I mean, he played a huge role in that. And um, as he split the sea, he set all the Israelites free. But essentially last week we talked about imposter syndrome. Moses is going on and on about what he can't do. And God's like, that's so funny, Moses, because I didn't ask you about all the things you can't do. Like I am who I am, right? And so all of that, I just, I just think all of those to be heard Tuesdays were so important before we can get into the kind of content we're going to get into today. I did want to give you all that quick recap, especially if you haven't listened to all of those previous episodes yet. Let me tell you right now, you're going to want to listen to those episodes first before you tune into today's to be heard Tuesday, because I kicked off this fifth season um, proclaiming boldly, you know, we're going to live out the purpose that God has for our lives. I know for me, I, I can't speak for everybody. But for me, y'all, I just know that God has something really cool that he wants to do in my life. And I'm saying yes, and I want to run after it. And I just want to invite y'all into that. You know, all of our purposes are different. None of no purpose here represented here looks the same. Like they're all different. They're all unique, all original. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, God's so creative. He doesn't copy paste like everything's original with the Lord. And so um, we're just following out our God given unique purposes together here on the podcast. And it has been such a joy. And we're gonna, um, you know, take additional steps together in November uh, with the next couple of To Be Hurt Tuesdays coming up. And it continues with today's To Be Hurt Tuesday, because Again, we've talked about Paul a lot. Last week, we talked about Moses. But um, since that foundational groundwork has since been laid, I want to talk about a man who not only demonstrates everything that we've discussed so far on the podcast in season five, but I think the the story of this man's life, the man we're going to study today, I think his testimony is a perfect visual of what it looks like to be a true dreamer, okay? Because again, that's what we're doing here. For those of you, you got that dream on your heart. You've been wanting to release that album forever and uh, you just don't know how to go about it. Today's episode is going to provide a visual of what it looks like when God partners with you in that dream and uh, the process of getting there. And so um, I'm so excited to talk about this particular person. This story means a whole lot to me. 
But today, we are going to get into the pages of our friend, Joseph. So in last week's episode, again, we stuck closely to to Exodus, but I did give an honorable mention to um, the book of Genesis. You know, as we talk about purpose, it's really cool to go back in the book of Genesis and see, oh, our original purpose was just to be with God, right? And if we commit to that purpose, we are being with God because we're not human doings, we're human beings. So in our being with God, we see very clearly that we do. Before there was a task, before there was an instruction, there was a being. And so we understand that our purpose to be with God is just spelled very clearly in the book of Genesis. And so with that, I want to dive in a little bit further into the book of Genesis by studying a man. Um, his name is Joseph, who, I mean, y'all want to talk about dreamer. This man, Joseph, was the ultimate dreamer. Okay, like this man has been dreaming up something big since he was 17 years old. Um, his story kicks off in Genesis chapter 37. And while there is so much to discover and investigate when it comes to Joseph's life, um, I'm going to give you all the spark notes version of his life on today's episode, because as I was planning and just praying over this episode, trying so hard to figure out like what to include, because Joseph's life and just, you know, studying his story, it it is going to take me. I mean, if I'm being honest, it would take me a good six months to like fully cover all the goodness that comes from Joseph's story. I mean, it is truly one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I actually made a video blog about the story of Joseph. Um, I want to say this back in 2020. You can look on my website at ayanasimone.com slash watch. Uh, but I posted a, a vlog uh, and I did a Bible study on this. It's called The Other Side of Disappointment. There's a certain uh, part of Joseph's life that really encouraged me when I was so disappointed. I was walking into 2019, um, just, you know, the year before that was not what I planned. And the current situation I was in in 2019, not what I wanted to see. And so uh, there's a small piece of Joseph's story that really blessed me and I vlogged about it. Um, But that is just another tiny piece of his story. And what I'm going to give you all today is just another tiny piece because there's so much goodness. His story is covered mostly through uh, Genesis chapter 37 all the way through chapter 50. So there's a handful of chapters there to cover his life. You better believe there's all sorts of good stuff all up in them chapters. Um, But to save us some time, I want to give a quick overview of his life and um, together just kind of get that picture in our head of what uh, the kind of process and journey that a dreamer goes through. Because for Joseph, again, he started having these incredible big dreams from God at the age 17. So he's like straight up high school age having these big dreams. And a lot of those dreams consisted of um, his family actually bowing down to him, which sounds crazy, right? Like that is just a very interesting dream. But he kept having those dreams over and over again. I think it's recorded twice. He had very clear dreams um, of his family bowing down to him. And so you have to understand that Joseph is a brother um, among 12. So he has 11 brothers. And in those dreams, again, very clearly demonstrating that his brothers would one day bow to him. And so Joseph starts sharing those dreams, which I don't really recommend, to be quite honest. But 
Joseph starts sharing that dream with his brothers. And um, as you can imagine, you know, you tell 11 brothers that you're going to bow to him one day, they're going to probably hate your guts. And so that was the case for Joseph. Um, He tells them the dream. Long story short, his brothers, this is terrible, but they sell Joseph into slavery. From that point on, Joseph is sold um, into the hands of an Egyptian officer and actually finds a lot of favor with that officer. And I'm just giving the Spark Notes version and then we'll dive deeper together. But he finds favor with this officer, um, so much so that the officer gives him administrative responsibility is what the Bible says, gives him all this responsibility over his domain. And um, Joseph just has a lot of success because God was with him. But then... um, the Egyptian officer who he was sold to, the Egyptian officer's name was Potiphar. Potiphar's wife actually falsely accuses Joseph of sexual misconduct, y'all. Crazy. And so Joseph loses his promotion, obviously. He gets thrown into prison. He finds favor with the prison warden. And long story short, Joseph's only sign of hope to get out of that prison, um, he helped a fellow prisoner get out. And so Joseph's like, when you get out, get me out. But the person that he helped, the prisoner that he helped, um, completely forgets about Joseph until two years later. And so long story short, after the pit, after the prison, Joseph actually finds himself in a lot of success. And ultimately, we will see this together. But Joseph's dreams are actually fulfilled. But I am totally underestimating um, the success that Joseph had. Again, I'm just giving you all the SparkNotes version. But I do kind of want to pick up there and give you all the spoiler alert in the case that you want to read the story for yourself. But Joseph, he dreamed so big at 17. And um, after a long journey of a lot of hardships and obstacle courses and disappointments and pain and rejection, just so much that Joseph went through. After all of that, Joseph finds himself to be extremely successful. Like he is directly ruling underneath Pharaoh and Pharaoh basically tells him like, I'm the only one above you. But other than that, you pretty much rule the whole land, like just an insane amount of success and so much influence that Joseph had that you know, as I'm thinking and considering all of us here on the podcast, those of us with big dreams and visions and goals, and, you know, maybe you can relate to Joseph's story. You've been dreaming this up since you were really young. And now, granted, he was 17. uh, But maybe for those of you, you've been dreaming up something big since you were seven, right? Like, I know that for me, I was totally dreaming up something like this when I was a kid, a hundred percent. And that's uh, a cool way, I think, for all of us to kind of see God's hand on all of our lives. Like the thing that we usually dream about when we're kids, it's really cool to see what our lives are like when we get older. Many cases, uh, what you're dreaming up as a kid is um, what you're called to. And that's just me you know, speaking from personal experience and also hearing and witnessing the stories of others. It's like God plants that seed in you when you're really, really young. And then to see it blossom when you're older is just the coolest thing. But, um, you know, as we are walking out that purpose and really saying yes to our call this entire fifth season of the podcast, I thought it would be most appropriate if we take a look at Joseph's story, um, who I think is the best life to investigate when it comes to what the journey and what the process actually looks like 
as a dreamer, like as someone who is saying yes and are being committed to their call and they're being obedient and they're going to do the hard thing. I think we ought to take a look at Joseph's life to see what that process is like. And so again, if you haven't listened to the first five To Be Heard Tuesdays, I highly, highly recommend that you do because it mentions some foundational work that we just, we can't dream and build and cultivate without. But for today's episode, we're putting our boots on the ground, like our pens and papers are out, you know, all my fashion designers, like you're ready to go, you're ready to launch, you know, the next design or all my writers out there, you're like, I've been sitting on this book idea forever. Like, let's do this thing. Let's go. Or whoever you are, fill in the blank, whatever that dream is, whatever that call is, um, we're about to get an exclusive inside look into the life of a dreamer. Because just even in the Sparknotes version that I gave y'all, I mean, the man was sold by his brothers, for goodness sakes. And once he was sold by his brothers, the, the first sign of hope he had, you know, getting that promotion and then being falsely accused of sexual misconduct and then serving time for it, serving way too much time for it, for something he didn't do, which again, we will see that together in scripture. And then to go from there to, you know, having a, another sign of hope, well, maybe I can get out of here. But the guy who said he would get him out of there forgot about him for two years. And that like just all of this pain, all of this hardship and trials and obstacles, like I think studying Joseph's life is key because one of the main themes we can draw from his life, and this kind of goes without saying, but when you are going towards a dream or you're trying to fulfill a goal or accomplish a mission and walk in your calling, Joseph's life screams that walking in your calling and building your dream ain't always easy, okay? And I want to explain what I mean by that because I kicked off this entire fifth season proclaiming boldly that anyone can do it, right? And so I said that in the context of, if you want to make it big, let me tell you something right now, making it big is going to be the easiest part of your journey. Tending to who you are, however, and making sure that you have an upright heart and you're walking with integrity and you have compassion and love and kindness, that's the stuff that can be difficult, because it's so easy to do the thing. All you need is the skill and the talent and just take a course on how to do the thing and anyone can do it. But it's tending to your being. That's the thing that's actually going to sustain you. And oftentimes that's the hardest part of your journey. But when I say that Joseph's life screams that, you know, going after your dream isn't always easy. What I mean by that is that, yes, anyone can do it. Anyone can build a dream. Anyone can you know, attain a lot of success and a lot of money and rich riches and fame and all that stuff. What I'm saying is that even then, even when, you know, going after your dream and doing what you feel called to do, even then, you can expect for there to be challenges, for there to be trials, for there to be storms and hardships and difficulties and troubles and suffering you can expect even that 
So I hope y'all get my point here. It's like anyone can do it. Anybody can go after their dream and build the thing and do it and get a lot of success. Like that's going to be the easiest part of your journey because tending to your being is the hard part. But even in the easiest part of your journey of going after the thing that God's called you to, even in the easiest part, y'all, there's difficulties. And I hope I make that very clear. And that is why it's so important to make sure that you're tending to your being because when the storm comes and when it does get hard and when you are criticized by the masses and when, you know, you do have a wild comment section and people are just coming at your neck or the sales drop or the business isn't doing great and you are just like kind of in this paralyzing state of things aren't going well you better believe you're going to need a lot more than talent and skill. You're going to need moral courage. You're going to need personal integrity and an upright heart and a sound mind. Like, it's not all about the skill. It's not all about the gift. Your being has to be okay. And so that's why it's so important to tend to it. But even if you decide not to tend to it and you're like, I'm just going to do the thing. I don't care about the integrity part. I don't care about the compassion part and being kind and, you know, actually loving the people around me and loving the people I'm leading. If you don't care about any of that, going after your dream in in it of itself is difficult. And again, Joseph's life screams that. And so the question and kind of the idea that I want to tackle on today's To Be Hurt Tuesday Something that I think is a valuable lesson for all of us to learn, not by going through it ourselves, but just by studying Joseph's life. Thank God. Some things we don't have to go through ourselves, but we can just learn from other people's stories. But the idea and the question that I've always had um, when studying Joseph's life is the fact that God gave Joseph this particular dream. Remember, his dream was, you know, he saw his brothers bowing down to him. And the thought that I've always had is like, why Joseph? Why wasn't it any of the other 11 brothers? You know what I mean? Like, why did God specifically choose Joseph to have this dream? And to, again, spoiler alert, to give Joseph all kinds of success towards the end of his life after he walked through so much hardship, so much difficulty and just pain and rejection and disappointment after disappointment. Like, Why did God choose Joseph? I think that's a good question to ask because it gives us an opportunity to ask ourselves, like, why me? Like, why did God give me this particular dream? You have to fill in the blank for this one. Because again, every dream and calling and gift, they're all different here. Like everyone here has a very unique and distinct calling. And so we kind of have to ask the question, like, why did God give me this particular dream? Like, why didn't he give this dream to anyone else? Why isn't he giving anyone else this particular idea or this particular assignment or goal or mission? Why Joseph? Why me? Why us? And as I studied this and as I just got curious of why God called specifically Joseph and none of his other brothers, There were a handful of characteristics that I picked up on that I thought were key for all of us as we, you know, kind of get a visual of what it looks like to dare to dream big and go after that dream, understanding that there's going to be all these obstacles along the way. Like Joseph demonstrated a lot of qualities that, in my opinion, is the reason why God called specifically Joseph and none of his brothers. 
there are three particular things that I noticed that um, I figured it's worth bringing to y'all here on the podcast. Again, if we're going to do this thing together, let's do this God's way. And Joseph did it God's way. And in these three particular um, distinct ways that I just want to present to y'all and give us the opportunity to consider like, this is the kind of person that God likes to partner with when it comes to dream chasing. Like this is the kind of characteristic that God is drawn to when it comes to being obedient to the call and actually letting God be a part of the journey and not just, oh, God gave me a goal and an assignment and I just have to do this on my own, but truly working with the Lord and being with God so that this God-given dream and this God-given calling comes about. Three characteristics. The first that I saw in Joseph, number one, it's the fact that Joseph was actually a good worker. And I want to explain what I mean by that by actually pulling up the verse because, again, Joseph was wrongly sold and horrifically sold by his brothers into slavery. And the person, the Egyptian officer that Joseph was sold to, his name is Potiphar, Potiphar noticed something about Joseph that um, Potiphar obviously didn't notice in anyone else because he gave Joseph a very early promotion. And um, I want to read to y'all specifically what the verse says. I'm reading from Genesis 39, and this is verses 1 through 6, which say, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. And so I think it's important to draw this out and to make this very known Among all of us here today who we are committed to a particular uh, calling and dream, I just think it's important to note that Joseph was a good worker, okay? Like, Joseph was not lazy. He didn't slack off. He didn't, um, you know, the fact that he was put in a very unfair position, he didn't just, you know, kind of roll his eyes and cross his arms like, I'm not doing nothing. I didn't deserve this. I can't believe I'm even here right now to think that like um, uh, I went from a brother to a slave in a matter of moments. Like I'm not doing anything. It says that he served so well in Potiphar's home that Potiphar's like, I like this dude, you know, and gave him this wild promotion. We read it together. Like everything that Potiphar owned, he gave Joseph administrative responsibility over it is what the Bible says. And so the reason why I bring this up is because I feel like, you know, sometimes we have these these big dreams. And I, I don't know what Joseph was thinking at that time, but I would imagine he's thinking like, man, I had dreams that my brothers would be bowing down to me. And now I'm a slave. Like now I'm the lowest of the low in this in my master's house. Like 
working like a dog day and night. Like this is just not fair. And he might have had the temptation to just not do anything, you know, because it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. And I want to highlight that because maybe for those of you, you know, you have big dreams to be on the big stage and to win Grammys or an Oscar or the gold medal in the Olympics or, you know, all of these things. But it's like you're not even tending to the work that's right in front of you. Like you think that flipping burgers is just beneath you and the whole time you're grumbling like I man they don't see my value or I should be on stage I should be you know doing the big stuff like forget these fries and these burgers and at this dumb fast food restaurant like and you just don't give your all like you're not a good worker and I know that sounds hard to hear but this is just a time for self-reflection understanding that God partnered with Joseph and in my opinion, just because the scriptures scream this, not just in this passage of scripture, but in some verses after this too, but it's very clear. Joseph was a great worker. Like even when it wasn't right, even when it wasn't fair, he still showed up. And I always think it's so interesting how sometimes we can get so in our heads about the dream and the gift and, you know, the big thing that we feel that God's calling us to. But we're not faithful with our regular schmegular nine to five. Like we don't do good work there. And you you want God to promote you on stage? Like you don't even serve your earthly boss, let alone your your heavenly father. Like you see what I'm trying to say here? Like I will never forget. There's been so many moments back when I was in school. Um, there would be this particular person and he was always trying to build something and do the next big thing. And he would be like telling the group about all of it and all the things he wanted to do. And I'm your biggest hype woman. I'd be like, period. I love to see it. I want you to do all of it. But it would be so interesting because this particular person will always like talk about the things that he's going to do and all these big things. And then in the next breath, he'd be like talking about how he cheated on his last test. And I would always think to myself, like, how you going do something big and mighty and impressive if you can't you don't even have integrity now but you're going to handle the money then like it don't make no sense y'all and i think it's worth mentioning like god honors people who tend to the work that's right in front of them not the work in the future not the big things in the future he says clearly in Luke 16 i believe this is the 10th verse Jesus says, if you're going to be dishonest in little things, guaranteed you'll be dishonest in the big things. But if you're responsible and faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful with much. That's a principle here. And it's a principle that Joseph lived out really, really well. Because again, that was just under Potiphar's service. But eventually when he does get thrown into prison for a reason we'll talk about next, but even when he gets thrown into prison, y'all can read this for yourself. In Genesis 39 verses 19 through 23, you'll see that um, the he was thrown into prison and the prison warden saw, you know, uh, that Joseph did incredible work and that he was really responsible and reliable. And he put the prison prison warden put Joseph in charge while Joseph's in prison, you know, so the prison warden saw something in Joseph that was just very honorable and admirable. Uh, a trait that all of us should have if we're going to cultivate and build the dream that God's placed on our hearts. 
Because the key thing, and again, I'm talking to whoever you are, just dreamers, period. But especially to those of you who have faith in the Lord, like I love how it says that God was with Joseph and God gave him success in all that he did. That's worth mentioning because we talk about purpose. You know, Genesis, it makes it clear as day that our purpose is being with God. It's like Joseph was really living out his purpose. Like he was being with God and out of his being, his doing was very successful. And it actually promoted him and opened up doors for him that he couldn't open on his own. And so consider that. Consider when you have to tend to the job that you may not enjoy or that volunteer experience that you may not find pleasure in. It's like, when you're faithful in that, you're going to be faithful with much. And we see that played out in Joseph's life super duper well. Um, But the second trait that I see in Joseph, a trait that I believe is worth mentioning, is uh, what's found in, it's still that same chapter, Genesis 39. Um, I want to read to y'all what happens in verses 7 through 18. I kind of already gave it away, but about Potiphar's wife. But just so that we can read it together. Again, this is Genesis 39. We'll start in verse 7 and end in verse 18. It says, um, well, I'll read a little of verse 6. It says, Joseph was a very handsome and well-bit young man. Come on, somebody. Uh, verse 7 says, And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Can y'all believe this? This is a married woman. Verse 8, he says, or the Bible says, But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Talking about Potiphar. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Verse 10. But she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away. But he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Verse 13, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. Verse 16, she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Y'all, first of all, I just, this is not in my notes, but can we talk about the Bible really fast? Okay, this book If you want to read about some drama, just read the Bible, especially in Genesis. Genesis got all kinds. I'm like, we are just nasty. Human beings are just disgusting. (laughs) Genesis as my witness. Because, like, we got this married woman thirsting after this, this man who's supposed to be her husband's slave. Like, this is just, this is ridiculous, right? But we read it together. Joseph was wrongly accused, wrongly accused. 
of sexual misconduct. And eventually, we read together, because of that false accusation, we can see in verse 19 that he therefore has to serve time for something that he didn't even do. Like, it was just this completely unfair situation. But what I want to highlight the most out of all of that, as we're talking about the kinds of qualities that God looks for when it comes to following our God-given purpose God's way, the thing I want to highlight is the amount of integrity that Joseph had. Because here's the thing, like, it could have been easy for Joseph to give into that. Like, you understand what Joseph was going through at that point. Like, he should not have even been in Potiphar's house. He was only there because his brother sold him into slavery. So the fact that Joseph is there now, he could have had an attitude. He could have been like, you know, I deserve a little, you know, a little night with (laughs) with my boss's wife. Like, he could have let his guard down. He could have said, you know what, God, it's not fair what I'm going through. Let me just forget about what your word says for one night. Okay, like, let me just compromise this one time, have some fun, and I'll never do it again. Like, Joseph, to be fair, like, he was not in a uh, a fair situation. So I would understand if Joseph caved. I personally, I, I don't know what that says to me, but I could understand if Joseph's like, you know what? Okay, bet. Um, it's been a, a hard couple of days here. Let me just have some fun. But no, Joseph was like, how could I do such a wicked thing? Like he was just like, that is so against my character. That's against everything I stand for. I don't care how many times you beg me. Like it literally says Joseph intentionally stayed out of the woman's way. You know how much integrity you have to have to be like, you know what, no one's here. Because the when she really started demanding, like, this girl's just nasty. She really started demanding that, like, Joseph go and sleep with her. And it says that the house was empty. There was no one there. It was just Joseph and, and Potiphar's wife. And he still was like, no, ma'am, no ham, no turkey. Okay, I'm not doing nothing. And he kept his integrity. And even then, y'all... It wasn't fair. Even then, it wasn't right. But when we think about, you know, why did God give Joseph these big dreams instead of his brothers? While Joseph had integrity, his brothers, they were known to compromise. And the only reason why I know that and I came to that conclusion is going back to the beginning of Joseph's story in Genesis 37. You know, um, His brothers were livid that Joseph was having these dreams, that his brothers would one day bow to him. And so they planned to kill him. And Reuben, the oldest of the 12, Reuben's like, you know, maybe let's let's not kill him, but let's just like throw him in an empty well. And then like Reuben had a plan to go back and get him and save Joseph's life. And really, while that may seem like, oh, Reuben was looking out for his brother, what that really was was just a compromise. Reuben, he should have said, y'all, this is wrong. We're not going to lay a hand on our brother, no matter how angry he makes us, no matter how jealous we are of his dreams that will one day bow down to him. Like Reuben could have spoke up and did the right thing. And, you know, he was the oldest of them all. After all, he could have said, like, this is ridiculous. I'm putting an end to this. We are not laying a hand on Joseph. But he's like, let's not we won't kill him but we'll just throw him somewhere in an empty ditch and then we'll we'll, I'll get him later and I'll act like you know I wasn't with the plan all along it was a compromise Judah another one of Joseph's brothers he's like 
you know, after all, he is our, our, our own flesh and blood. Maybe let's not kill him, but let's sell him. You know, like, we ain't got to kill the man. We just got to sell him. And that was a compromise. And so when we consider, like, there was something about Joseph that, in my opinion, and I have biblical grounds to say this, but I think the reason why God was drawn to Joseph and gave Joseph those big dreams specifically is because Joseph had a kind of integrity that his brothers just didn't. And we would, when we consider the kinds of dreams and, and callings and gifts that God gave, gave us specifically, again, like, let's just ask ourselves, like, what is it in us that God wants to partner with? Because there's a reason why he gave us that dream. There's a reason why he gave us that calling. And in Joseph's case, it was Joseph's integrity, I think, and compared to his, his brother's compromise that really urged God, like, I can trust Joseph with this dream. But the main thing, the main quality that that I see in Joseph that I honestly don't see in a lot of places, this is a rare, rare, rare quality that Joseph had. And it's a quality that I think we ought to have um, because I think it's a, a quality that pleases God most. But on top of, you know, Joseph having an incredible work ethic um, and on top of Joseph's integrity as well, I also believe that Joseph really knew what it meant to love people. And when I say people, I mean, including Joseph's enemies. Okay, because we started off the podcast, the season five of the podcast early on talking about love. But again, I'm not just giving y'all foundational truths in today's episode, but I'm giving you a visual. The way that Joseph loved his brothers, even after they sold him into slavery, is one of the most beautiful, convicting passages of scripture I've ever read in my life. And I know I say that about a lot of verses, but I really mean that when it comes to Joseph. Because again, y'all, spoiler alert, Joseph's dreams come true. Like after the pit, after the prison, and Joseph eventually makes it to the palace um, under Pharaoh, and he's basically ruler of the entire land of Egypt. There's this huge famine that causes Joseph's brothers to come seeking food. And Joseph, you know, as they approach him, they, you can read it yourself. They, the, his brothers bow low and the dream comes true. And Joseph being in that position of authority to give out that food, Joseph has a decision to make. And he can either treat them harshly and hold what they did to him over their heads And I mean, you fill in the blank. Joseph is literally in position to kill them if he wanted to, literally to kill them. But Joseph does something that not too many people can do. And when I say people, I mean myself too. I'm telling y'all this passage of scripture is convicting. But I want to read y'all what Joseph did out of all the things he could have done to his brothers. And we'll talk more in depth about this. But on top of all the things that Joseph could have done, I want to read y'all what, um, what he actually did in Genesis um, chapter 43. We'll pick up in verse 33 and read into verse 34. It says, Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement, he seated them according to age, from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin, the youngest, five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Now I know what you're thinking, 
And I want to make sure I make this very clear before I go into my final point. Because there's a scene here. We just read it together. Joseph, out of all the things he could have done, it says that he actually feasted with them. But one thing I want to make clear, we're going to celebrate that moment and study that moment in a little bit. But for those of you who are like, the Bible is cap. Like, no one does this. (laughs) If anyone just like sees the people who hurt them and just decides to like have a feast like nothing ever happened. They're clearly not in touch with their emotions. This is some woo woo, let's stuff our pain down and not address the issue. Let me make this very clear, okay? Because I used to get frustrated when people would say, and Joseph forgave his brothers and loved his brothers and they would just kind of skip to that part. I want to make it clear. Joseph, before the feast and before you know, Joseph makes it known that it's Joseph standing before them because his brothers don't recognize him at first. It's been all that time, right? So before Joseph makes that known, please read the Bible. Please read the story for yourself. Because it wasn't like, I mean, the way the story was taught to me unintentionally, but this is the impression I got from those who taught me it. It's like Joseph, you know, his brother sold him into slavery. And the next time Joseph saw his brothers, he just embraced them. That's not the full story. Okay, because Joseph, like you and I, was a person. And it wasn't just a, oh, yippee, my, the brothers who sold me into slavery are here and they're asking for food and I'm just going to freely give it to them. No, no, <laughs> read the Bible. Joseph wept when he saw them. It says he couldn't keep it together. He had to excuse himself from the room. He cried. He actually did put them in prison for three days. And he was just kind of, I mean, from how I read it, he was kind of like, he didn't know what to do. He was for uh, days and moments at a time. Like He just didn't know what to do. And he grieved and he cried and he wept. I mean, read it for yourself. He was inconsolable. There was like a handful of moments where the emotion just came back and he had to process them and he had to pray and he had to go through all of that with God. Like processing those, those real wounds and that pain and the rejection that he faced and how sad he must have felt, how angry. I could imagine Joseph was ticked, you know, and all of the things that he could have done. I just want to make that clear because for me, I always felt like a bad Christian. I'm like, well, I didn't forgive right away like Joseph. It's like, well, Joseph didn't forgive right away. He didn't embrace them right away. He cried. He processed that thing, you know, and you got to, this is kind of outside of my notes, but you have to process that pain. Don't think for a second that, you know, we're just called to be robots and we can't feel or think and have emotion. And we just kind of have to like, yep, just love people. It's like, well, sometimes people are mean and sometimes people hurt you. You know, what do you do with that? I'll tell you what you do with it. You do exactly what Joseph did. You process it. Cry that thing out. Grieve it. Bring it to the Lord. Take your time. Joseph didn't rush into the feast right away. Like, he didn't know what to do. Read it for yourself. Like, he did a lot of things that, to me, it reads like, I, he's just kind of toying with them a little bit, you know? And so I just want to make that known. That's not the uh, my full point I'm making. But um, before we get into the fact that, yes, Joseph loved them and, yes, he forgave them. But he also had to process a lot of that pain. And I don't want people to miss that. Sometimes you got to process the pain. And in my own experience, it wasn't until I really let God know how I feel. And when I really, I mean, because... I would withhold a lot of information from God and I'd be like, yeah, well, it's fine. I'll just forgive them and all that. 
But when I got honest with God and I'm like, no, that sucked. And I'm so mad that that happened. And I can't believe it. Like when I really got honest with God and ugly cried in his lap, like just giving God all the things, that's when I truly like deeply began to forgive people. It wasn't just like this little, oh, I'm a good Christian. This is what Christians do. But it's like from the core of my heart after I cried that thing out, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I can show grace, you know, like. I don't know why they did it. It hurt hurt me deeply, but it really is. It comes from a genuine place of forgiveness when you can just cry it out with the Lord. So again, not really the main point I'm making, but just so that you don't think Joseph didn't have emotions. That boy cried it out and we should too when we're hurt. But all in all, I think, and this is the point that I want to end with, on top of Joseph's, you know, incredible work ethic and, and on top of Joseph's integrity, Joseph really understood what it meant to love his enemies because as we read together, you know, he chose to feast with them. He could have been like, you know, take you and your request for food back home. Y'all are all going to starve to death. Um, Vengeance is mine. Like he could have done all of that and he chose to feast with them. And even I'm skipping some parts just for the sake of time. But um, in Genesis, uh, specifically the 50th chapter and the 20th verse, he says, you know what? You intended to do this for harm. Yes, you you wanted to hurt me when you sold me into slavery, but God used it for good. And in fact, God put me in this position because now that there's this famine, I'm in position to save the lives of many people. So you intended for evil, but God turned it around for good. And after, I mean, again, y'all, please keep in mind, this is after Joseph grieved and he truly, truly like in his being with God, he was able to process that because again, sometimes when you're dealing with childhood wounds and you're dealing with your trauma and that past comes up and it bites you in the tail, you're not going to be thinking of, oh, I'm so good at this. Look at my talent. Look at my skill. Look at the dream God gave me. No, it's like you're going to have to find it in yourself to to stand firm under all that. It is not easy to be revisited by an old childhood wound. Like, processing that is not easy and I feel like that's why a lot of people who do make it big who you know they have the gift they have the skill they have the talent I feel like a lot of those people who make it big and then they just kind of go crazy after and that is I'm trying to find a better word than crazy because it sounds insensitive but they kind of lose it you know and we see it in the news we see it on the tabloids like this person kind of just lost their mind I honestly think, and I know that this might sound insensitive, but I think this is the truth. It's like at the end of the day, everybody's got a past. Everyone has pain. Everyone has rejection wounds and disappointments and just a lot of hurt. And when those hurts resurface and when you can't run from them anymore and they just revisit you at the top of your success and when you do make it big and when you do win the Grammy or you have a successful fashion show or whatever the case, when those things come up, your success is not going to tend to your wounds. Like Joseph literally was a ruler of the Egyptian land. And when he saw his brothers, like his, his position didn't mean anything. He was weeping like a little kid. Like he was weeping over that pain and those wounds and that, and that trauma that he suffered by the hands of his brothers. And it wasn't Joseph's uh, success that you know caused him to love them anyway and caused him, caused him to forgive them anyway. It wasn't that. It was his love, his genuine love for them that only came from God. 
If you read the scriptures, if you study Joseph's life for yourself, a continued theme is that the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And when the Lord is with you and you are feeding off of the nutrients of God's love, I'm not saying it's easy peasy lemon squeezy, but when you're feeding off of the nutrients of God's love, when you see people who hurt you deeply and when things happen to you that aren't fair, you're still able to love others because it's not based off of your gift. It's not based off of your dream. It's not based off of any of that. It's based off of love. And I just think that's so important because I think God trusts people like Joseph. He only, I think the only reason why Joseph had those dreams is because God trusted him to have those dreams. And that's why I want to bring it to the podcast because for you, whatever that dream is or whatever that calling is, I think there's a handful of characteristics that we have to have in order for us to really like, not just walk in our calling, but walk in it God's way so that we're not just, you know, one hit wonders and have this overnight success and we're going viral and then we never, you know, make any real impact, but it's like sustained success. That's when we have qualities to actually sustain it, you know, to sustain that success. It's integrity, it's love for not just people, but even our enemies. It's having a good work ethic and many others that we didn't even get to about Joseph's life. Again, I was overwhelmed preparing for today's episode because there's so much about his life and his character that I just think is so important to note. But these were the three that I'm like, I think I think we should take a look at that. I think it's something to consider, you know, for the dreams and the callings that are placed on our hearts and for our futures. Like, God trusts people like Joseph. Like, I don't think this whole story about Joseph's life, I think it has very little to do with his dreams, but more so about his heart. Like, I think that the very reason why God trusted Joseph with those dreams is because of his heart. And the reason why all those doors opened up for Joseph, despite all that pain and rejection, God's like, his heart is so pure. Like, his heart is humbled. He, um, you know, his heart is tender. He is a man of integrity, like he wants to do the right thing, even if no one else is watching. And Joseph had incredible success. And so for those of us tuned in today, you know, we're we're talking about that visual of what it looks like and following the purpose and the the dream that God has for you. Listen, it's going to be hard. Many times it is going to be traumatic. It is going to be um, just really, really difficult. But when it gets difficult... We have um, Joseph's life as an example to look at, you know, like even when things aren't fair, even when it looks like there's no reason why this thing shouldn't be working, you know, and we just have to suffer disappointments of going after the thing. Even then, it's, it's not about what's going right or what's going wrong or what position you're in. Joseph had integrity in the prison, like he had integrity in the pit. And so because he had integrity in the lowest moments of his life, God's like, I can trust him in the highest moments of his life. Because Joseph had a good work ethic as a slave and as a prisoner, God's like, I can trust him in the palace because he worked hard when it didn't even matter. Like he was working hard flipping burgers and frying french fries. Like if he had integrity then and a good work ethic, then I know he's going to have a good work ethic in the palace. And so these are the things that God looks at again. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do a big, impressive thing. But with a life like Joseph, you're going to need more than just good skill and good talent. You're going to need moral courage. You're going to need personal integrity and an upright heart. And if you need an example of what that looks like, study Joseph. 
And um, again, this was just, I mean, it's a longer episode, but it even still, it's a glimpse, just a glimpse of his life and a good example of how we should go about following the purpose on our heart and in the dream and the calling that God's placed in our heart for ourselves. And so with all that said, y'all, I just feel like today's episode needed to be heard because I've always been so blessed by Joseph's life and even the things I didn't get to talk about. I'm like, we might do a part two. I don't know because there's still so much that needs to be heard. But uh, for the purpose of today's episode, I do hope that that blessed you and it really does convict you. You know, I want us to walk out of season five, not just doing the thing, but being the thing. I don't want to do something incredible for God, but not have an incredible heart and not have incredible kindness and incredible love for people. That's what matters. That's what, that's how God opens up doors for you. Not about what you do on the exterior, but in the interior, that's what matters. And so with that said, y'all, thank you for tuning into the podcast. If this episode blessed you, uh, be sure to rate the podcast, leave a review, follow and subscribe to To Be Heard Podcast on any and every listening platform. Um, be sure to follow To Be Heard Podcast on Instagram and connect with me over on my website at ayanasimone.com. I absolutely love doing this and I cannot wait to continue walking in this brand new month of November in each of our original, unique callings and purposes that God has placed on our hearts. But you guys will hear from me next week right here on To Be Heard Podcast.